All right, welcome back to another episode of the Nova Files. It's me again, Peter from Medallion Comics with Ian Miller from Turbo Threat Comics. Yeah. Uh, so, Ian, how's your week been, man? Oh, it's been hectic. <laughs> To yeah, say the least, but I'm partially responsible for some of that. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. Uh, for those uh, who don't know, I'm doing a project with uh, Peter right now, which we, I guess we could talk about a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's basically my uh, my next series. Uh, I can definitely name drop the name at this point. It's called uh, War of the Ghostlands, and it's going to be more of a high fantasy series compared to my normal superhero affair. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting was when I first read the script, it had, you know, it definitely had a lot of the horror and darkness elements in there, but it also had a lot of humor in there, which I thought was very interesting. Oh, yeah. It's uh, basically meant to be like a fun romp. Like, I remember everyone who reads the scripts and tell me, I feel like I'm reading an action movie. And that's just like such a great compliment to me because every time I wrote an issue, I'm like, how can I one up myself from last time? Well, you have to. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, you're trying to, you know, broaden your horizons in terms of writing action scenes, but also you're trying to excite, you know, the audience and pretty much you're putting yourself as the audience. For sure. It's like, because, you know, a lot of my reading, it's always been like, I love reading anime, uh, manga, sorry, I love watching anime, reading manga. So for the purist out there that I just triggered, um, but yeah, and the thing is, when you read manga, you just have entire issues de uh, dedicated to action. You yeah. Know, it's one part of the fight. But comics are just so different when it comes to that. Usually fight scenes in comics tend to go by really quickly. Yeah, they do. You know, uh, it really depends on, you know, what type of uh, issue you're telling. Because if you're telling just a big fight fest, you know, that has some story elements in there, you know, it's very effective. Uh, take, for example, the Death of Superman saga. You know, that whole series before Superman issue number 75, where you actually see his death, that's a whole slugfest. That's a whole fight right there. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm just saying I haven't been seeing them as commonly. Like, I remember I was reading, uh, oh, my God. I, I, I loved reading Spider-Man for a long time. Yeah. Okay, and I remember uh, it was uh, kind of Craven's uh, family trying to resurrect him. And I remember there was just this one entire fight where they're in the mansion and like Spider-Man stalking them. And stuff like that is really interesting when you're able to like build up the action, build up the tension. Because a yeah. lot of uh, comics, it's a punch, punch, punch. And there's not like as much strategy i would say like i i'm i could be talking out of my ass so <laughs> no no i i agree with you i agree with you you know um that doesn't seem to be a lot of strategy in the way action scenes are written in comics today today yeah at least in some that i've read it's more you know? about like prep time it's like do you do i have the the right tools to get the job done yeah but, you know, I very much like, you know, I'm very much really liking this project. I cannot wait to start putting it out there. Uh, the goal is I'm going to start uh, putting them out issue by issue. But once the first four issues are ready, I'm going to put them out as a collection. And hopefully by next year's uh, local Comic-Con, I'll be selling it. Yeah, that, that's definitely the main goal here. 
Oh God, yeah, because I got to start making money off this stuff. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. Same here. Um, I'm already in production, uh, finishing a production of issue three of my series mm-hmm. because I'm because I had to recall the whole thing. I'm down to the last two pages before I actually put it to shed to a printer. Then I'm currently uh, penciling uh, issue four. I'm having another guy who's a very good friend of mine, Enrique Lopez, ink it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I kind of, you know, I I kind of all over the place right now. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're able to devote some time for my project too. Hey, you know, it's it sounded like a it was sound like a fun project, you know. And I was looking for something that had a little bit more of an edge, and uh, as opposed to what I'm normally doing. I'm pretty sure after this project, I'll be like, okay, I want to go back to the stuff I know. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think I've, I've I've gotten you a little bit out of your comfort zone with this. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Oh, you cut out there. You have the first five pages of uh, War of the Ghostland. I've actually been watching. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, I said War of the Ghostland. Yeah. 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 The entire time I've been uh, doing that, I've actually been watching back-to-back all the Evil Dead films and the television series. Oh, my God. Okay. Just to get my mind set. <laughs> and I think that's a perfect segue to uh, what we wanted to talk about this week. Yes, it is. <laughs> Speaking of Evil Dead, uh, we both saw um, Doctor Strange in the last week. Yeah. So what do you think of the movie? You know, uh, when I was uh, sitting in the theater, I didn't know what was going, what it was like. I'd be like going into this. The minute I sat down and watched the first five minutes, okay, I was like, okay, it's not just a Doctor Strange movie; it's a Sam Raimi Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> you know, and, it almost uh, wasn't even that. Yeah, uh, but it was good. It was very good. Oh yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. It was a great. It, my my friend called it. It's the most comic booky comic book movie ever. <laughs> but there's also uh, something like a very interesting tidbit because originally, like I can't remember who the name of the director was before they got Sam Raimi. Yeah. But the thing is, he left because he wanted to make a Doctor Strange two, and let's be honest, this is not really a Doctor Strange two. It's more of a more Marvel universe building movie. Yeah, you're definitely right, especially in terms of the multiverse, because that has been teased, you know, for, for the last few things. It was first teased in WandaVision at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Then we started to really explore it in Loki. And of course, in the What If uh, series, that was really explored. And then eventually in Spider-Man No Way Home. So yeah, it was definitely building up to the multiverse. Yeah, because it's very clear to see what Marvel's trying to build up right now. They're trying to build up Secret Wars. Yeah. So they're like, so like obviously we're gonna go into spoilers here, but like one thing this movie's really building into it's the whole incursion aspect of the Secret Wars, where Earths are colliding, and I'm like, between me and you, I always found that really stupid. In that this this entire universe revolves around two Earths colliding with each other. Not any other planet in the whole universe. It's just Earth. Mm. It's not like all the realities of 
all the different planets of these realities are combined. No, it's always hinging on Earth. Like Earth is the focal point of the whole universe. Well, you may, you, you don't have a point there. Um, it, can, it can't get very tiring. I mean, why not have like uh, Earth versus Mars, you know, from another multiverse? Yeah. And, or it can be something as simple as like, if they explain it's like, oh, it's because the Infinity Stones were used like three times on this one planet, it is a focal point of cosmic energy. Hey, that could very well be be what they're gearing towards, you know, because um, why why else are they coming to this Earth? That could be very possible. Yeah, it's, you know, it's very possible. And the fact that the Infinity Stones are used so many times on so many different, different Earths, it's a, it would be an interesting concept if they went there, but you know what? And so far from what we understand, incursions, only happened because of Doctor Strange. And that's actually a very interesting thing is that Doctor Strange has been more of a plot device than a character in the last few movies he's been in. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice to see him back in the focal point in this one. And we really see his uh he's on an odyssey in this uh in this movie. You know, at first he's uh, yes, I've got to say some spoilers here. And if you didn't see the movie, get your act together, people. Come on. Um, what's interesting is we're seeing him at, in the beginning of the movie, you know, coming to terms that the love of his life, Christine, is gotten married to another guy. He hasn't quite gotten over. He hasn't let go of the past yet. Nope. But his entire thing is that because of what he did for the blip and all that, where he had to be gone for five years, where in his mind this was the best possible outcome. Yeah. He had to sacrifice his happy ending with Christine. Yeah. And what, what's interesting is, you know, people keep telling him, you know, it's because of you, I lost uh, some of these people. Including cats. Yeah. Well, that was like such a random cameo. The guy from the first movie is like, well, my brother died. I also lost my cats. There was really no other way to do it. Yeah, I mean, for God's sake, you you want you saw at least fourteen million uh, something different possible futures, and there was only r- really one where they won. So I was like, like he, this is the cards that he was dealt with. He had to play the hand that he could, you know. He only had to, one hand to play, so he had to play it. Yeah, you know that actually uh, brings up another interesting thing. Um, uh, spoiler later in the movie is when he later meets the Illuminati. Yes, let's in talk about it, that for a second. Yeah, in of itself, like that's a whole topic of discussion. But one of the interesting things about that version is that they beat Thanos on Titan in that reality. Yeah, and it makes things like, oh, there's all these other options. Why couldn't you have done that in that reality? In the sense that the cards they had on the table were different in that world. Mutants existed and humans existed. Uh, There was no Avengers. You're right. So it's, uh, it starts actually playing on the differences like, oh, cool. Thanos was beaten in a different way. Obviously he had to use the dark hold, but the dark hold wasn't an option in his reality. Yeah. And Let's talk about the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for example for a, for a second here. <laughs> yeah. So going into this movie, I didn't watch any trailers. 
I Smart move. From spoilers as as much as humanly possible. So I heard rumors that, oh, Patrick Stewart might be in this movie as Professor X. I'm like, okay, cool. But then I like see the lineup. Yeah. First, we have Peggy Carter, Captain uh, Britain. Yeah, that was cool. And when she looked at him, I'm like, is this the same Captain Carter from the What If series? Yeah, that's a bit of a confusion. Uh, I actually thought it was. Yeah, so I'm thinking to myself, oh, wait, is this like later on in that reality? I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I think that I, I don't think they confirmed it's the same one. Yeah, they didn't confirm that. Yeah. Uh, we have the other Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which is like, oh, okay, cool. It's, it's the same concept. Somebody else got the powers. Uh, we have uh, Baron Mordo. Okay. Feeling yeah. strange of that reality who we established died. Yeah. And then we get freaking Black Bolt, who's the yeah. same actor from that terrible Inhuman show. Yes, but it's done uh, properly now. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got the full ridiculous outfit and everything. Oh, yeah. And the freaking guy from The Office as Reed Richards. That actually worked. I actually like that. I thought he was a good casting. It's, it's really good casting. It's very interesting. But he makes sense as an older Reed Richards, you know, who has the family and the kids. Yeah. We got the Baxter Foundation. We got a proper version of Ultron. Yes, that, that was cool. Yeah. And of course, uh, the leader of the mutants himself, Professor X. And, and I've... like, wait, the Fantastic Four are here, the X-Men are here, the Inhumans are here. This is actually probably a reality that's more closely related to the comics reality. Yes, but what's interesting is, did you see the chair that uh, Professor X actually is sitting in? Not only is it the chair from like the comics and the 90s animated series, but when he came in, they played a stinger from the animated series. I thought that was so cool. And I have to wonder, since uh, Marvel Studios is making X-Men 97 anime series, is it possible that they could be connecting that appearance of Xavier to, to the anime series? Oh, very possibly. It's one of his most iconic representations. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Everyone knows that big uh, yellow wheelchair. Yeah. And that was like a very interesting thing because like, you know, we get a very different take. We're getting really comics now. The Illuminati, it's like, you really got to know your comics to know the Illuminati. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But apparently there was a whole other group of people who were supposed to be there. Like, and that's the interesting about this movie. It's like when you start hearing about the rewrites, what they took out, what they put in, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. Superior Iron Man is supposed to be in this. Yeah, and that was supposed to be uh, played by, I think, Tom Cruise at that point. Yeah. It's basically just kind of like a more evil version of Iron Man, more full of himself. Yeah. So that would have been interesting to see. But And what they could have done with this movie. But anyways, we're getting off track because... I think it's pretty established. The Illuminati were 100% jobbers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you, this, 
Earth. Let's talk about uh, Wanda and Scarlet Witch for a second. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know Wanda was going to be the, the villain of this movie. I didn't either because I was like, holy crap, you know, we're really going here. I thought she was going to be a, uh, another hero, you know, team up with Doctor Strange to fight this impossible uh, threat, but she's the threat. Oh, yeah. And full on threat on top of that. Yeah, I was getting X-Men vibes like you never wouldn't believe. Yeah. And I get it. You know, they're, they're playing the whole um, House of M thing where she went, oh, Avengers disassembled thing, sorry, where she went crazy trying to bring back her kids. And yeah. they're clearly playing on the corruption of the Darkhold. Yeah. I thought we were going to get a more Doctor Strange villain and if Vonda was going to go down the evil path, it would have been more like slowly being corrupted. I did not see, especially after watching WandaVision, I didn't think she would be the bad guy here. Neither did I. Um, what What's interesting is um, the way uh, Elizabeth Olsen plays the character in this movie is you sympathize with her a bit, but you, you understand why she's doing what she's doing, but you still can't believe she's really doing it. And that you don't want to go even further down the start path that she's on. Yeah. But the other thing is, even the people in the movie are calling out her ideas as being dumb. It's like when Wong calls her out, it's like, like, okay, you can't just use America to find your kids. And what happens when you find your kids and there's the other you? What are you going to do then? It's like, there's something so illogical in her logic. Yeah. It, she has a she has a very fixed um, thought, you know, saying, "I just need to get my kids." You know, doesn't matter who I have to go through. If I have to go to kill another version of me, another you know reality, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, because she's not even thinking like, "Well, I'll use America Chavez. I'll go to a reality where my kids exist, but I'm dead." Yeah, you, you got to realize like those thoughts are cross. You can see that. <clears throat> The thing is, in most movies, when there's glaring plot holes like that, characters won't even point them out. But in this case, like people are realizing, yeah, what you're what you're doing is dumb, and there's just it screams that there's something more going on. In my opinion, if if that's the route they're going, it seems like she's been so blinded to other possibilities, not thinking straight either from the trauma of everything that happened to her, but also since she became the Scarlet Witch, has she even been thinking clearly? You bring up an interesting point because I don't think she has been because, because uh, even just in Age of Ultron, you know, she really has been just used first by, by Hydra, then Ultron himself. And then, you know, her single mistake in Civil War led to the breakup of the Avengers then Infinity War, her having to kill Vision to, to destroy the Mind Stone so Thanos doesn't get it. You know, she's she's filled, she's one of those characters along with Thor that is filled with tragedy. Yeah, for sure. But even then, like her mistake in Civil War was not like an insane mistake, you know? No, it was a simple, honest mistake. Yeah. Oh, there was a bomb. Okay. Um I'm going to hold it down. I'm, I can't keep this contained. I need to get this as far away as possible. I'm going to throw it upwards. And yeah. it's either all the people on the floor would have died 
or all the people up there would have died. And you also got to compare that to the inciting incident from Civil War in the comic books. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh, just a bunch of superheroes, yeah, you know, teenage superheroes that really, you know, had no real training. And this horrible thing happens that causes the government to say, okay, we do want to mask people, you know, you know, the superheroes on our side, but they need to be unmasked. Yeah. They need to have their identities out in the world so people can know who is really responsible. Yeah. So let me just break it down a little bit. What, what happened in, in that? It was a bunch of teenage superheroes that we'd seen from various things. Yeah. And they were trying to do their own reality show where they were hunting down criminals. Yeah, absolutely. And they hunted down this one specific criminal to a suburb area. And while cornered, he basically used his power to create a massive explosion in the suburbs. Yeah. So ca- catching a lot of civilians a lot of people in their homes like completely off guard and killing a bunch of people. Yeah. And when you have that kind of stuff hits so close to home, so close to innocent people with heroes who are more chasing fame and fortune than actual proper heroes, you can see like, yo, we can't have people doing this thing. Like if you're going to be like using powers and all that, you should be properly trained. You should be like, yeah, let, let me put it, be honest. I was definitely Team Iron Man back in Civil War. <laughs> I, I have to be honest too. I, so was I because he, Tony did have a point. They need to be put in check, you know, because if there were other beings, you know, that weren't properly trained, it would lead to massive chaos. It could lead to the destruction of the world. Yeah. There needs to be a certain kind of accountability. That's 100% true. There is some also truth in what the Captain America was saying. It's like, you know, we're just going to be bogged down in red tape and never be able to do anything. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in everything. Like, you know, there's definitely a good middle ground, but like, you know, thinking logically does not allow for drama. True. And in those circumstances, these things make sense. Anyways, we're getting off topic. Yeah. But, uh, hold up. That's weird. The idea is that with Wanda and everything that happened, you can see why she would go a little crazy, but it feels like it's gone way too far. And I don't know if they're building up to this or just name dropping for lore's sake, but the whole, uh, the demon Cathan, like they name dropped them. He's a, uh, and in the comics, he is the creator of the power for the Scarlet Witch. The, the power comes from him. Yeah, and the the whole purpose of the Scarlet Witch is meant to be as something to help him come back. Well, I like to think that they are not just. I think they're just hit. They are not just hitting it, but they're really going to actually do that storyline because it's a it's a very engaging storyline. It's a very personal one for Wanda. I think uh, I think audiences would like should like to see an adaptation of that. Yeah, because if you stop and think about it, would it excuse some of Wanda's actions and try to like redeem her a little bit? Maybe. And you can say like, okay, the reason why Wanda's been so illogical is that this thought has been put into her head and she's being manipulated. And 
the whole thing is Kathan needs these powers for himself, not for Wanda. Yeah. Anyways, it's obviously it's a theory going around. We've, we've had enough demonic theories when it comes to Wanda to last a lifetime. The whole Mephisto thing. Yeah. Okay. I swear to God, I better not see Mephisto in the next Spider-Man movie. Uh, I, I held on either because I was like, uh, no, can we not do this? I, I don't want to do the storyline. I hate the storyline. Can we just not do this? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, for those for those of you who don't know this, I actually stopped uh, reading Spider-Man after one more day storyline. And this was back like in 2006, 2007. So I haven't read a Spider-Man comic in a very long time. Yeah. If you want some good Spider-Man reading, you should either read Ultimate Spider-Man or read MC2 Spider-Girl. Yes, or... If you want to go way, way back, actually start from the beginning and stop at a certain point. Yo, honestly, that's how I feel about Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm actually curious. I'm actually 100% serious. I think I maybe mentioned it last time, but do you remember the, the Jeff Johns run? Yeah. So that run is, like, amazing. And it actually has a very conclusive ending. And his last issue, you actually had a flash forward to where all the characters would end up. Like you realize Hal and uh, Carol got married. They still have their respective rings. They had grandkids. Uh, Kyle became the White Lantern who became like a, a sage and prophet throughout the galaxy. Uh, Guy Gardner kept getting into fights in bars. Yeah. Um, and Sinestro would eventually become the record keeper on Oa after like billions of years. Uh, I'm the like good, the good times. Yeah, and I'm like, this just had such a conclusive ending where they wrapped up all the plots. You know, they killed all the guardians, replaced them with better guardians. Yeah, they had the final confrontation between Sinestro and Hal Jordan, and one of my favorite lines between them it was, "It's like uh, Hal asking, were we, were we even ever friends?" And Sinestro replying, "That's a tragedy of all this, Hal. We've always been friends." <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was a great moment. That's such a great line to end, like, that uh, that war between them. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was just such a great story, such a great resolution. To, to me, it got to the point, it's like, why would I ever need to read more Green Lantern after such a perfect ending? Because you know they're going to retcon it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's another thing about the, uh, the main two. They'll uh, reboot or recon anything that actually was a good storyline mm -hmm. into something else. And sales will pl plummet when that happens. Oh, God, yeah. And it just, it just baffles my mind. Uh, that's a whole different other show. We could talk about that, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah for sure. But, and how we yeah. can secretly fix all fix all these uh, these storylines for the big big main too, but that's another that's another show. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that one episode. We'll just take a, a, a script and say like, how would we fix this? Anyways. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, continuing on. Yeah. That is definitely something I prefer about the MCU universe is that they can retcon, but their actors are on a limited time frame. Yeah. So they can't go back and recast, redo over and over and over again. Uh, 
you know, rest in peace that Chadwick Boseman, the, the actor who played Black Panther, passed away. So they yeah. completely changed their plans for the Black Panther movies. Yeah, they, they have. And, and what I was I was very pleased that they were not going to recast him because you can't. You yeah. just can't. He, he was so perfect in what he did in this performance and just his presence is really surely going to be missed in the sequel. But you can't replace him. Oh, for sure. So the question is now, it's like, well, who's going to take up the mantle of Black Panther? Is it going to be um, his sister, who I think they're leaning less towards taking the place because... Um, I think she had some very controversial opinions during the whole COVID thing. So they're not sure if they want to prop her up to that position. Yeah, I'm not sure. But let's face it, uh, controversy uh, with the actors, it's really nothing new. I mean, look at the Ezra Miller in the Flash situation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They're still, he's still attached. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in either one of those cases. But. Yeah, I, I don't think she's uh, going to be taking the mantle. And if she is, uh, well, I'd be very shocked, especially after what she has said it, during COVID. But it, I think character-wise, it does make sense. Definitely. But I think they're playing around with the idea. It's like I'm, I'm hearing rumors there's multiple scripts somewhere. She takes the mantle and somewhere like Umbaku uh, becomes the next Black Panther. I actually wouldn't mind saying that. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know, Umbaku, like, you know, he left a good impression on people. Uh, apparently, uh, he's thick as fuck. So uh, that was, like, from one of those uh, videos where you had the Marvel cast reading reviews and comments from people as they left the showing of the, the Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And somebody wrote, Umbaku is thick as fuck. And the actor who plays the character read that and you just... You just see him like cracking up and turning red. I can never forget that. Well, because it's so funny. Oh, it's so freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it looks like my um, remaining time for, for hosting is coming to an end. So I'm going to put an end to it now. And I'm gonna, we're going to reconnect in like two minutes, all right? That's fine. Cool. So I'm going to stop 